all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet's 2019 Oscar Primer. As always, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. And for those of you who haven't listened to our Oscar Primers yet this season, they are designed to bring a bit more of an analytical look at what some may call the classier pictures, the prestige movies, the awards contenders that are considered to be big players in the upcoming awards season, ultimately, well, not upcoming anymore, we're in the thick of it, ultimately leading up to the 91st Annual Academy Awards on February 24th, 2019. And we got a different movie every Oscar primer. Some are... Gaining momentum will be big players. I highly suggest listening to our Star is Born uh, primer. That one's going to be a big player in this award season. Some, not so much. Some, we thought maybe would be big players. Maybe they still will be, but it certainly seems like they're losing momentum. One of those movies is one that we're going to be talking about today. We are talking about the the drama the the re- based on a true story, based on a real life drama beautiful boy now beautiful boy is directed uh by a belgian director and i am going to do my best to not absolutely butcher his name Uh, i'm just going to call him felix from now on but it's felix von groningen i think it's pretty groningen Groning, Groningen? Sounds right. Sounds right. Um, and uh, this is one of, I think, probably his most um, v- visible movie to date. He directed The Broken Circle Breakdown, which was nominated for Best Foreign Film from Belgium um, a while back. Uh, he also co-wrote the film with Luke Davies, and it was adapted from a book by David Sheff. And it stars, again, we got some big awards contenders here. We got some big awards players here in the cast where we have Steve Carell playing David Chef. We have uh, Timothy Chalamet playing his son, the the um, titular beautiful boy, if you will. We have Maura Tierney. Timothy, Timothy Hutton shows up in this movie. Youngest um, winner of the Best Supporting Actor Award, Timothy Hutton, and Amy Ryan as well, a multiple Oscar nominee, all showing up in this film. And David, this film... Listen, it's not exactly a crowd pleaser, right? This is one of those tougher films that deals with a, 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 a nonetheless a timely subject, a very specific subject. But it's about David Chef and his son as his son goes through years and years and years worth of of addiction, of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, things like that. And not only you know, his son dealing with that, but him trying to deal with it and him evolving in the ways that he is coping with it. You know, he goes from, you know, looking at it as a problem that needs to be solved to, you know, trying it out to full on rejecting it. Um, And ultimately I think he gets to a point of where it's just like, you just need to be there. Like Mm -hmm. you just need to be a loving dad. And it's a tough movie to watch. It's a tough movie to be a part of because it's it's one of those films that <laughs> I don't necessarily mean this in, in a negative way, but it is one of those films that I feel is a little bit of an emotional terrorism type film where you see the improvements um, in Chalamet's character only for him to backslide into that addiction again. Um, and it makes it really tough. How did you feel about it just coming out of it? 
You know, it's definitely, uh, a, a, as you said, a bit of a downer, even though we have a little bit of an uplifting ending in the end, um, sure. especially when you find out the real story um, and where they are now. Um, positive, positive things there for sure. Yeah. I think for me, obviously, we are in very different situations going into this film <laughs> very me, much so me being a father um me being not correct <laughs> um, but you know i it felt like one of those that on paper should be this super emotional like you know just ride of emotions mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna say it wasn't because it definitely was sure um but it didn't seem to get you quite as much as I expected. It almost um, Especially even me being a dad, I specifically thought like when we started getting into this, like I think I, I texted my wife while I was in the movie because it was one of those movies where I was like the only person in there. Sure. So I didn't mind texting. And I was like, the this only, is the only reason I'd allow it. Exactly. And I was like, I don't know that this is the best movie for me to be watching as a <laughs> new father. A lot of, a lot of things for you to avoid. Um, in this film, I do think that the film took a little bit more of a, um, gosh, almost a documentary like approach. Um, and I think that's probably in the nature of the source material and the way David wrote it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'll give Felix a lot of credit as a director in that he, he doesn't necessarily tell it as a straight ahead story. He actually uses some really creative non-linear storytelling mm -hmm. to get the maximum amount of like emotion out of it. Like he does a lot of, he starts the film actually in the middle of the film uh, where David sits down. Oh God, I didn't, I completely forgot. He's got your same Correct. name too. Holy Correct. shit. <laughs> um, where Steve Carell sits down with the doctor and mm -hmm. does uh, kind of a mini interview about addiction and about, you know, crystal meth and stuff like that. To which point it it, it it backtracks, and then throughout the film, it it jumps to moments where Steve Carell and his son, who I think is played by one of the kids from It, um, were living better times, where his son mm -hmm. was just his young son, yep. you know, his beautiful boy that he loved, and that's the kind of emotional terrorism that I'm talking about. Which again, I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm saying that as a mission accomplished. You know, yeah. well, and, and funny thing for me is I felt like he could have gone further if he really wanted to pull at the emotional heartstrings. Like the thing that I felt like it lacked a little bit sure. was why should I care so much about these characters? Not that that wasn't in there. Right. But, you know, because of where they started and they kind of jumped right into addiction of where this kid is, you kind of knew where this was all heading. Sure. Um and pretty early into the flashbacks or whatever you want to set, call it, the early times with him, like it became prevalent pretty quickly. Like right. it, it was almost like they wanted to rush to showing the really dark times yeah. versus establishing a little bit more of the beautiful boy, the good times right? Um, and how it sunk down that level so quickly. Um, and so that was where I felt like it, it slightly missed the mark, um, but still definitely sure. still hammers you on that. Absolutely. And this film, this is a film that is driven by its two lead performances. Um, this is a film that, I mean, they're the only ones on the poster. S T Timothy Chalamet came out with Call Me By Your Name. He is 
Indie Darlene Numero Uno right now. Indie Darlene Numero Dos is Lucas Hedges, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a couple of his movies later on, um, you know, in the Primer miniseries. But he did Call Me By Your Name. He was in Lady Bird. He was in Hostiles. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's doing a lot of work right now. And he's in this. Obviously, everybody's coming from hit for him. Steve Carell, though, I mean... You look at they were kind of, you know, busting his balls about it on Saturday Night Live. But Steve Carell has become serious actor Steve Carell. And it really feels and this is kind of an interesting conversation to get into. Um, but it really feels like he's kind of doing his Jim Carrey. I'm going to be in serious movies until I win a damn award phase because mm-hmm. um, he's got he did Foxcatcher. He did Big Short. He's doing stuff like this. He's doing other dramatic stuff. Uh, that listen, he's great in. Sure, he's so good. He's really good in this movie, but you can't help but feel as if he's not being taken as seriously because he comes from a world of comedy. Yeah, he needs to find his Andy Kaufman. He needs to find his Andy, but even then, that didn't work for Jim either. I know, but that's know? the most memorable. I feel like, at least for me, serious Jim Carrey because it allowed him to. Right use what everybody loves so much about him sure. and have some comedy with the obviously very serious I, uh, drama. I tend to lead towards Truman Show, Jim Carrey. That being said, bringing it back to Steve Carell, I don't want to, I know, I can tell by your face that our audience can't see that if if we don't rein it in, that's a discussion we could have for another 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> um, but, but I think, you know, you look at something like The Big Short, which uses his dry comedy to its benefit in a dramatic film, you know? Uh, I mean, he's going to be in Vice with Adam McKay, which we're definitely doing for this miniseries. I'm very excited to see how he is here. And again, he's great. And and like we listed before, you know, Amy Ryan is phenomenal as little as she's in it. Maura Tierney, another Jim Carrey connection from Liar Liar, is great in this movie as well, but it's really about those two core performances. And to say that they're not great would be a lie. Like they're great. They are nomination worthy. It just doesn't feel like this film has the momentum for it, you know, and that kind of goes into talking about its relevance. Yeah. And I think, you know, they both do a fantastic job, um, but you don't walk away necessarily really remembering something specific about their performance, at least no. in my mind. Um, they do a great job of portraying this relationship, which is which is great. Um, but nothing necessarily stuck out to me. Sure. Um, but it's definitely this movie is driven by those two characters. So obviously um, for it to be a good movie, it's got to be driven by them. And it was a, a, a good solid movie um, because those performances and even the supporting characters all delivered strongly on those. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's funny because, you know, I mean, we keep reiterating it, but like this is a really good movie. If you're into this type of movie, if you're looking for a really deep character drama about the dangers of addiction and dealing with it, number one, okay. okay. <laughs> but number two, like you could do far worse than this film. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, we live in a nation that is dealing with an opioid epidemic that is dealing with more people are overdosing, more people are committing suicide than, than ever. I don't, I can't say that never before. That's not accurate, but it to an alarming degree, Sure, you know, and to see that depicted here both makes it a difficult movie to watch, but it also makes it a very, very relevant movie to watch because you just see, you know, Chalamet's character. Oh, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. I've been better for a year. 
and then just on a whim, you know, he slides back into doing doing meth, doing sure. like going way hard, and it's both frustrating and heartbreaking and it kind of made me think of addictions that I may have had, you know, or had like particularly f- food. My addiction is food. I'm a big guy. I like eating a lot of food. I like eating shitty food. And I, it's just like, it's kind of fucked up, but I did see a little bit of myself in that, you know, there are times where I've gone and I've dropped like $30 at a fast food place and I've just sat down and ate it. And it just, it feels like shit, you know? Um, So like, there's a certain amount of relevance there in that everybody has their own issues, their own addictions and things like that. And, and I think this probably would hit even more so home for anybody who has witnessed firsthand. Most definitely. Someone who's gone through this, they, especially the way that it affects more than just them, uh, the way it affects the family, the way it affects, um, you know, even the little kids. And and it was interesting to read up. Uh, I did read the backstory, how much of this was, was accurate, how much was embellished. Cause anytime you're telling a true story, sometimes there's things that are added to, um, make it more friendly for a movie, right? Uh, or or to tell a better story. Um, but even things like when he steals money from his little brother's piggy bank, like that was legit something that happened during for the sure. story. And all of that is is just heartbreaking. And I can only imagine, you know, someone who had to wit- who actually witnessed that in real life, um, how much more this movie would have affected them as well. I just think. Um, we're not to a point necessarily yet, and hopefully we never get there. That like the Everybody's, overall population has a story that they can think of. Absolutely. With that. I mean, I mean, going back to, I mean, I have family members, I have yeah. cousins who who have fallen on the wrong side of the tracks, who were dealt a, a raw deal and a rough hand, and and they're given opportunity after opportunity, and they throw it away. They they stumble back into you know, a life of crime or, or, or drugs or whatever. And it it certainly also made it understandable and kind of fascinating to watch Steve Carell's character evolve in the way that he, you know, is trying to deal with this. Cause like we mentioned at the beginning, you actually see the evolution of him Mm -hmm. going from, you know, oh, I'm going to be nurturing. I'm going to be, give you whatever you want. Okay. No, that's fine. That's okay. Obviously that doesn't work. You know, to the point of where it's like, all right, we have to do tests all the time where like you're locking it down. But at the same time, that makes the other person feel untrustworthy. It makes, you know, and to see him evolve from that to like acceptance to, okay, we're going to we're going to make this a regimen to full blown rejection. Yeah. Well, and I and I think it was interesting because I think on the surface, someone would think that this movie would be all about the actual attic, which it very much is a big part of it. Sure. But this was just as much a story of how Timothy Chalamet's character evolved as addiction became worse and worse and mm-hmm. worse and relapses on all of that mm-hmm. as much as it was about Steve Carell's character yeah. about how he evolved through the addiction and all of that and seeing all the lengths that he went to try and do this before ultimately realizing that it's going to fall on on his son at the end of the day yeah. to finally make that change and that's all he happen. can do is just be there and love him yep. like there's a whole part of the movie where i'm just like just give him a hug and tell him you love him yep. and they, and they kind of do it at the end finally yep. Yep. um so so but, yeah definitely a lot of relevance there in terms of 
stuff that's going on in this country right now, like you said, hopefully it doesn't get to a point where people can see themselves in this movie on a regular basis. Yeah. But, and, and because of the tough subject matter, um, not exactly a box box office wonder, which I don't sure. think this movie is made to be that. No, these only a 20, don't. Only a $25 million budget, but it's been rough at the box office as of now. It's 8.3. Obviously, it's still in theaters. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, if it if it made back the 25, that would be impressive, but I'm going to say that's not happening. I'm kind of shocked this movie costs $25 million to make. Yeah. Did, I mean, salaries? What 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 make cost twenty five million dollars in this movie? The drugs? <laughs> maybe maybe they used real drugs. I don't. Yeah, um, that's that's tough to see. But yeah, obviously this isn't one of those films that even when you get a drama that lights it up at the box office, like A Star Is Born, you know there there are different emotions at play there than are than are the emotions at play here as well. Um, you know, and again that goes back to how this film makes you feel. You know, it's a tough film. You know, it makes you feel sad, it makes you feel frustrated, it makes you, you know, ask questions and whatnot. Um, and again, going back to Felix's direction, I think he does take a certain gosh, almost uh, and I think I've said this before if I if I did, I apologize, but he takes almost a documentary approach to it. You know, there there are times where it feels very much just like a these are the events as they unfold. You know, this is what he, what Chalamet is doing. This is what Steve Carell is doing. This is how they intersect um, things like that, that kind of makes it definitely contributes to the way that you feel about this film. You know, in the same way that watching a documentary makes you feel a certain way. Um, I think it's. Empathy rather than sympathy, I think it gives you like a, oh, that's terrible, but without getting real deep yeah. into it. Well, one of the things that I think is interesting about this film and, and maybe comes out in uh, the look and feel and just the end product, um, this movie took seven months to edit. Oh, wow. Seven months. And actually, um, Felix has a... a uh, collaborator um his name's nico lunin nico who he had used in pretty much all his other projects but for some reason was not involved in this project okay and apparently they were deep into the editing process and he became dissatisfied that he ended up bringing lunin in late into the process to los angeles to reconstruct the film sure and i think you could feel that a little bit okay. like knowing that now like it makes a little bit sense because while the way they told the story um, it's not something that we've never seen before. We've, it's not that we've never seen something start in the middle and then sure. build back to that. Non-linear storytelling is no, no new thing. Exactly. But there was some things that maybe I could understand if this was something that was really picked apart and deconstructed and right. reconstructed in that, that would leave you kind of missing those little emotional connections that at the end of the day, make you really feel for the characters a little bit more than sure. what we ended up in the end. Um, I think there's times where this almost feels documentary-esque yeah, at times. Exactly. Um, and that, I think, anytime you start to go on that side, you lose a little bit of the emotion. It's the difference between observing something and being a part of it. Documentaries yeah. observe subjects. And good documentaries really bring them into your lives. But films themselves, fictional or, or uh, storytelling films, if you will, whether it be fiction or nonfiction in this case, it's it's 
an adaptation of a, of a real life event, those are meant to bring you into the life, you know, and this one, it feels more observation wise. So going in, you know, with all of that being said, let's talk about the awards and stuff. Now, when this movie came out in the, um, festival circuit, big, big talk, you know, everyone was like Steve Carell's guaranteed a nomination. Timothy Chalamet's guaranteed a nomination. Could be in the conversation for picture and director and adapted screenplay. And it really hasn't had a ton of momentum since then. Um, it got nominated. Felix got nominated for a couple of film festivals. San Sebastian, Toronto is a big one. Chicago, Aspen, um, the Hollywood Film Awards. Gave it a couple of awards, gave the Hollywood Breakthrough Award to Felix, gave the Supporting Actor of the Year Award to Timothy Chalamet. But since then, its momentum has really dipped off. Um, Now, granted, when the AFI and the National Board of Review do their awards, they don't list out nominees, Mm -hmm. right? They just list out winners most of the time. And Beautiful Boy, nowhere to be seen. So uh, you don't know. You don't know if Carell was part of the conversation or Chalamet was part of the conversation. But as critics awards start rolling out, for example, the Los Angeles online critics release their nominations. I I don't know why. Um, But they nominated Chalamet for best performance by an actor 23 and under. And that's it. Yeah. So. And I think you're seeing, I think on paper, you looked at this and you thought, okay, this is Amazon's next big push. Yeah. Uh, you go on IMDb. Great point. You go on IMDb. You go on Box Office Mojo. They're marketing it still pretty heavy. Sure. Um, and maybe but, they will. And, and and maybe they'll continue to do that. I don't know. I'd have to look up Amazon's movies um, for this year to see if they have another one that they could potentially get behind. But I think this was pretty much it. Yeah. Kind of like they did Manchester by the Sea. Right. Um, a couple years back. And I think... It just didn't quite get there. And I think one of the big reasons for, and I know you and I always talk about how popularity doesn't necessarily factor into getting nominations, because if that was, we'd have a lot more diversity in the film. Sure. But I do think it can go the other way in that if you have that quote unquote awards movie or that Oscar bait movie Mm -hmm. and it flops in the box office, it's really hard for it to get momentum sure. to get into the awards, sure. especially when it comes out as early as Beautiful Oct- Boy did. Come out October? I think it was October, early, early October. October. Um, you need it's to crush tough. it. You need, you need to do well at the box office to keep that momentum going mm-hmm. through the time that you have and the gap that you have and when those other Oscar movies start coming out. And this just really didn't you do gotta that. got to get the buzz and sustain the buzz. And, and that's where I think it, it, it fell short and where it's probably losing a lot. I mean, as we think about it, um, I think you've got it for three. Maybe you want to give your list yeah, of Yeah, maybe of three. three. And again, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying – I just saw on Twitter not too long ago that Fox Searchlight is sending out like page boys dressed up like old Victorian with big wigs and stuff handing out like cakes to market the favorite. So one one can't say that that Amazon might not just pull all its resources and decide to start marketing Beautiful Boy within the next month. It's sure. certainly possible. But right now I have it for an, an outside shot at three awards – um, I don't believe any of them are on our predictions right now, but it goes back 
to the performances. It's really Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, and possibly the adapted screenplay mm-hmm. that are the biggest players for me. I mean, it's not going to get any type of editing. There are no technical awards involved. No. Although I did think your story was interesting in that that's the second movie that I've heard of this season. The first was um, The Outlaw King uh, at Netflix that I heard were saved in the edit room. And mm-hmm. that, I find that fascinating, how a movie can completely change and evolve from one thing into a completely different, more successful thing just by having a quality edit. Yeah. I find that interesting. But going back to what I think is going to win, best actor – or. <laughs> <laughs> not go, not necessarily going to win. What potentially I think it, be nominated. What I think it has its shot for. Its closest shots are actor, supporting actor, and adapted screenplay. Yeah, I think. I honestly think it's going to strike out. It could. Um, it very well could. It'll. I think it's best chance now. Looking at how things are shaking out. Um, could potentially actually be adapted screenplay. Interesting. Um, only because I gotta I gotta look at the list of adapted screenplays this sure. year because sometimes that list is a little bit um, sure. lighter because you have some that are in original and some that are in adapted. So that'll be it'll really be come down to a numbers game there, in my opinion. Actor I think has gotten a little too competitive it, yeah um so i don't think steve carell is gonna get it um i don't think his uh marwin movie is gonna get him there either no maybe his best shot is if he's really memorable in vice and supporting role but not that's not what we're hearing so far we're hearing about other people uh in supporting roles sure. there um chalamet i think has a better shot than Corral, as far as of the two of them, sure. if one could get nominated. And that, I think, has to do a little bit with the fact that one could argue that the supporting actor is a little bit lighter than the lead actor this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if anybody has a shot, uh, if I had to rank them in order, I'd probably put adapted and supporting as the best two shots for them. I think Steve Carell's uh, chance is pretty much gone by this point. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think... Um I think supporting actors pretty wide open, to be honest with you. I think you got actors obviously going to be super crowded. Actress is going to be pretty crowded as well. But supporting actors wide open. I mean, I mean, name me anybody else other than Mahershala Ali, Richard E. Grant, Sam Elliott, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Rockwell for Vice, Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther, Daniel Kaluuya from Widows. Anyone else beyond that? I, I don't think anybody has a shot. So yeah. So we'll see. It'll be really, really interesting. So um, over under of one. You take an over, <laughs> over or under. Over under of one. Oh my god. I'm gonna take the over. All right, I'm going under. Okay, it seems to be the pattern for these primers. Um, I kind of did it with that express purpose. Um, All right, well, that is going to do it for this Oscar primer on Beautiful Boy. As always, you can hit subscribe right now and get all of these podcasts delivered to you for free just by hitting that subscribe button. Give us a like, give us a rating, share with your friends and family. We want to grow that new, that good movie buddy community. Also, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at The Popcorn diet and you can find all of our oscar predictions all of our articles all of our 
updated Oscar Primer episodes and regular episodes on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good, possibly Academy Award-nominated film for our Oscar Primer 2019 miniseries on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.